Hey, I hope you guys are having a really great day. Thank you for including us in your day and making us a part of your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's always good to be together, especially if you're checking us out. If you're checking us out, we just want to encourage you to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will pop up a link, and the link will give you more information about who we are as a church and help answer some questions that you might have about who we are. It'll also give you a means to connect with us when you're ready to do that. We would love to have that connection with you, but we realize it takes time. And we just are glad that you're here with us. Whenever you're ready, that QR code is probably the best way to take next steps with us. Listen, we also want to remind everybody that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of. If that is something that is more convenient for you, we encourage you to do that. So before we get into the talk today, how about if we open up with a word of prayer? Father, we love you and thank you for the day. Thank you for all of your blessings in our life. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Father, today... We just open our hearts to you. You know the needs of our lives. We extend our love to you. We extend our faith in you. We ask that you would step into the chaos, the storms. Father, we need peace. We need joy for life. We need you as the source of life and the substance of our lives. And I just pray for each person, no matter what they're going through, no matter what the needs are in their lives, Father, that you would step in and meet those needs, that you would step in and give them the strength that they need. Father, we love you. Thank you for all of your blessings today. Thank you for your goodness that we experience today. We open our hearts, ask that you would speak to us through this talk, that you would put your finger on areas in our lives where we need to apply you and relinquish ownership of our lives to you. We love you so very much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, listen, we're in a really great series that we've entitled Greater Love. This is the time of year where we evaluate and express our loves with gifts and things like that. Maybe it's a card, maybe it's chocolate. But we also understand that as Christ followers, as Christians, that our love needs to be greater than a card. Our love needs to be greater than what we experience in this world. Not that there's anything wrong with cards or candy. That's important that you express your love, but our love needs to have more substance than that. I mentioned this, that we tend to do this not just with our spouse, not just with the person that we love in life, but also even in the church, and that is this. We say, tell me what you expect of me, and I'll shoot to meet that need. Rather than nurturing something that is deep within us that far exceeds somebody else's expectation from us. This is a series about how we as a church love more effectively. This is about the importance of love, not just in the church, but through the church. And because we as individuals make up the church, what we're doing is we are evaluating the love in our personal lives. I've mentioned this every single week, and it's just an important point that I want us to drive home. And you can write it down again. It's this. Jesus says that those who belong to him will have greater love. Not just typical love, not just love like the world, but our love is going to be greater than the world. Remember, we're not trying to meet an expectation. What we're doing is we're connecting to a source of love. Jesus shows us what greater love looks like so that we can express greater love in and through our lives. Here's what Jesus said. He said this, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And then he says this, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus says that greater love is sacrificial love. In fact, you can write this down. Sacrifice from us exposes the greater love within us. 
We can't have greater love without sacrifice. Where there is no sacrifice, there is no love. Jesus doesn't just say that we will just love. He says we will have a greater love. He goes on and he says this. He says, love each other just as much as I have loved you. Then, as we've said, that is a great love. And he says, your strong love for each other will prove to the world, it's going to show the world that you are my disciples. In other words, this greater love within us is going to be a light to those around us. Grasping the idea of what this greater love looks like requires us to understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that this love within us is an identifying marker of God within us. So the first week, we kind of looked at this question. We say, is the church that God wants us to be reflected in the people that we aspire to be? Because we as individuals make up the church and the people that we aspire to be collectively makes us the church that God wants us to be. We also reframe that question this way and it was, does the vision God has given us display a greater love within us? Because the vision that God has given us requires a greater love. Last week, we kind of reframed the question again this way. Does our greater love within us display a commitment from us? Because we can't love others without a commitment. And this week, I would reframe the question this way. Does our greater love for others display a sacrifice for others? It's a great and important question to ask. Is your love for the lost willing to sacrifice for the lost? Is your love for those that are disconnected from God willing to sacrifice for them? See, greater love for others always sacrifices for others. And sacrifice is willing to give up something that is important, something that's valuable. You know the story of the Good Samaritan. It's found in Luke 10. I would encourage you to read it. But he gave up his resources. He gave up his time. He gave up his reputation for the sake of this individual that was beaten, left for dead. See, the Good Samaritan loved not because it was expected of him, but because he had compassion for him. And when we look at what a biblical definition of compassion is, you can write this down, it's this, compassion is a heart for the afflicted. We care about the condition of others. We are moved by the condition of others emotionally. We weep for them. Physically, we go to them. Spiritually, we intercede for them. As we wrap up the series, I want to remind us of something that's really important you can write down. It's this. God's mission to reach the world requires compassion for the world. Indifference from us will never allow us to feel what God feels for others. If we have bought into the thought that people get what they deserved, none of us have hope. God didn't just have compassion for the world. His compassion expressed His love through sacrifice. You know the scripture, John 3, 16. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, compassion and sacrifice express this greater love. And it's necessary even with our vision. And our vision again is this, to creatively love and lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. Creativity is an expression of our compassion and sacrifice. Jesus commissions every Christ follower to be sent into the world, to share hope with the world. We see it in Matthew 28 where Jesus said this, therefore go and make disciples. When Jesus sent out the 12, he said, Jesus called the 12 to him and he sent them out in pairs. 
Jesus sent out 70 apostles and it said the Lord now chose 70 other disciples and sent them on ahead in pairs to all the towns and villages that he planned to visit later. Because being sent is the mission for every Christ follower. We're carriers of hope. Jesus tells a story about a king who is hosting a great banquet. He invites many, many people. And as the banquet gets closer, these people start giving excuses as to why they can't be there. Why they can't come. And in this story, the king says to his servants, and the king is an image of Jesus as the servants are images of us. And this king says this, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. The afflicted, in other words, those who recognize their need. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I mention this because of this. You can write it down. Every Christ follower has to understand our position and our purpose. Remember, Jesus said that the master told the servant. As Christians, Jesus is the master. We are the servants. We carry out his request because our lives have been transformed by him. Because we know him as our master. We have the heart of Jesus within us. And if we know Jesus, we can't keep it to ourselves. We've been chosen, told, to go and invite others. It's what defines us. As a group of Christians that make up the church, we should be a culture that carries out God's vision, God's mission. It's a culture of invitation. We see it all through scripture. And the first point is this. It's a culture that inspires others. To inspire is to energize and encourage. To create opportunities for people to experience Jesus. It encourages people to come with me. It is an invitation for people to experience God for themselves. It's exactly what Jesus modeled for us. Listen to the scripture. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and he followed him. Later, Matthew then invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Again, Jesus cares for the afflicted. And the truth is, is that all of us are afflicted. But there are some that recognize our affliction. We know our need. We are to be constantly inviting people to come and see. To come and experience Jesus like we have. And we do that because we care. So the question is, who invited you? Who invited you to experience Jesus that they had experienced? And then from that, who are you now inviting? Are you having conversations with people that inspire them to have their experience with Jesus? A culture of invitation is also this you can write down. It's a culture that shares with others. It allows the expression of sacrifice to flow from us. We will always sacrifice for those we love. We see this in the New Testament church. 
it said this, that all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything that they had, and they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And then it goes on to say this, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It's more than just sharing what you have. It's sharing who you are. It's sharing your heart, your love, your life with others. It's putting the needs of others ahead of your own needs. Compassion doesn't just help us to recognize the afflicted. It also causes us to ask, how can I help the afflicted? So the question is, who's had compassion for you? Whose love caused you to open your heart to God? And is your love causing others to open their heart to God? A culture of invitation is also this you can write down. It's a culture of faith that brings others along. Have you ever considered that the faith that you have can affect others? It can help others. Parents, your faith affects your kids. Your faith affects your family, your friends, your neighbors. Your faith can bring others along with you. There's a great example in the New Testament. Jesus is teaching to a packed house. I mean, it's standing room only. There is no room for anyone to get in. When all of a sudden, these guys show up with a friend that they had brought along. And it wasn't just anyone. This was someone who was afflicted. This was someone who had a great need. In fact, he was paralyzed. And the story reads this way. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. And so they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. And then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. It goes on to say this, Then turning to the paralyzed man, he commanded, Pick up your stretcher and go on home, for you are healed. I love that story. It's probably one of my favorites. Jesus forgives the guy's sin and heals him because of the faith of his friends. The first thing is Jesus always responds to faith. And I love the fact that even when someone doesn't have faith, the faith of their friends is enough for that individual. God can use your faith to change the lives of people that you love, people that he loves. That is incredible. Who do you love that is afflicted? Who do you love that's discouraged or isolated, distant, maybe separated from God? Do you have faith for them that will bring them along with you? Do you have faith for them that they can encounter Jesus as you have encountered Jesus? And I would ask the question, who had faith for you? Who brought you along? See, the truth is this, you can write down, few friends are true friends. We need true friends that will bring us closer to Jesus. And I want to be a true friend that is bringing others to Jesus, closer to Jesus, into a growing relationship with Jesus. The examples that we've looked at are examples of invitation attached to friendship. It's evangelism. It is sharing the gospel message with people. It's sharing hope with others. Evangelism may not be a popular term, but it's exactly what we've been called to do. Listen to the scripture. It says, And now through Christ, all of the kindness of God has been poured out upon us undeserving sinners. That's all of us. And now he is sending us out around the world to tell all people everywhere these great things God has done for them so that they too will believe and obey him. 
See, greater love is a culture that is birthed from us into the lives of others, that we can be a friend that others need. So what does this culture look like? Well, first of all, it's this, it's willing to care. These guys that were carrying this paralyzed man, they didn't say, hey, Sam, your problem is not my problem. They carried him. I don't know how far, it could have been a block, it could have been a few miles, but it has to go beyond sympathy. We have to be friends that are willing to go the extra mile. In fact, we have to be willing to go however far is required because that's what sacrifice does. A culture of greater love is also this, willing to sacrifice for others, willing to bust through a roof, willing to carry other people. God uses friends who don't give up on others. They did more than carry him. They had to get their hands dirty. They had to climb up onto the roof. They had to tear a hole in the roof and they had to lower this guy down in front of Jesus. God is always willing to use people who are willing to sacrifice. Culture of greater love is also this, willing to have faith for their spiritual needs. Willing to believe that God can transform, that God can save, that God can heal their hurts, mend their hearts, that God can give them life. They had faith that Jesus would heal them and that faith brought the man to Jesus. I can just hear them now. We've got to figure out a way to get Sam there in front of Jesus. It wasn't convenient. It was a sacrifice. It probably took up their day. It took up their time, but they wanted to find a way to get their friend there. Luke 5 says it this way, that seeing their faith, Jesus said, young man, your sins are forgiven. Their faith was evident. Culture of greater love is also this, willing to bring others with you. I can hear their friends talking. I can hear them saying and hear their conversations when they're saying, hey, have you heard of this guy, Jesus, who heals people? One of them has the courage to bring up the obvious idea. Do you think that maybe Jesus could heal Sam? See, when we believe that Jesus can do the unthinkable, we will bring others to experience the unthinkable. And the truth is, as far as it pertains to us as a church, you can write this down, a church that never stops going is a church that never stops growing. That's exactly what happened with the early church. It said that each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So here's some application really quick, some action steps for our lives that you can write down. First one is this, you need to share your love. God has given you greater love. Not for you to hoard it, not for you to store it, but for you to express it and share it with other people. I want to encourage you to freely share. Not just try to meet an expectation of what you think you should do. I want you to be tied into the expression of your love in your life. I want to care for people like I've been cared for. Another action step is this, share your life. If you're going to share the greater love that you have, it's going to require sacrifice of sharing your life, your resources, your time, your treasures. Share your life with others. It is the expression of greater love to others. And the last action step is this, share your story. Listen, the greatest expression that we have of this greater love within us is how our lives have been changed by this greater love. Who was I before I met Jesus? And who am I now? I'm nowhere near perfect. God is nowhere near done with me. But my story communicates this greater love and how it's transformed my life. 
if we're ever going to have an expression, if we're ever going to develop a culture of greater love within the church, then we have to share our love, our life, and our story. Who invited you to experience Jesus in your life? You might want to write them a letter and just say thank you. Just say, you know what? I was thinking about you in the talk this week, and I just want to say thank you. It's because of you that I have new life. It's because of you that I have experienced a greater love. Someone had to really love you. Someone had to step out of their comfort zone and share this greater love with you. And I want to encourage us as a church to step out of our comfort zone and share this greater love that's within us just as that greater love has been shared to us. The church has to create a culture of greater love. Not something that's expected, but something that's greater than what's expected. A love that's willing to sacrifice for others. At some point, we have to come to the place where we're willing to sacrifice for others so that they can experience this God within us that loves them so much. I want to pray with you. And listen, if you have not begun a relationship with Jesus, this is a great day to begin that. And I want to pray with you. I say it all the time. There's no magic words. There's no fairy dust that gets sprinkled. This is an honest conversation between you and God. God, I want you to be the center of my life. And I want you to establish the purpose of my life. And I want you to be the source of my new life. Scripture tells us that what we have to do is we have to acknowledge that Jesus died for our sins and that he rose from the dead and that in him dying for our sins and rising to new life, that we too will experience that very same thing because we've put our faith in him. Listen, religion says this is what I have to do to earn God's approval. We're not about that. Relationship is about this is what Jesus has done so that we have God's approval. It's all about what Jesus has done, and all we have to do is accept that as a gift. I want to encourage you to do that if you haven't. Father, we come to you right now, and I, every person that wants to begin this relationship that has never stepped into this relationship, Father, I ask that as they open their heart to you, as they acknowledge what your son Jesus has done for them, Father, I ask that you would give them new life, that you would not just bring forgiveness of sin, but you would establish new life and be the source of their life, that you give them a new purpose and a new passion for life. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we ask that you would help us be people that are willing to sacrifice, that the greater love within us would be expressed through us, through the sacrifices of our lives. Father, we want to be a church that creates a culture of greater love for others. So I ask, Father, that you would help us to do that today. Father, help us to live in your love that we might express your love to others. Father, help us to go beyond what is expected of us and help us to connect with your love that is deep within us. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to remind you that we are never more like Jesus than when we sacrifice for others. When we're willing to lay aside what we want for the benefit of what others need. Man, I'm telling you, and you know this, greater love transforms lives. And we are agents, carriers of this greater love for others. And I just ask that you would allow God to use you in ways that maybe you never have before. That you would have faith for God to use you, that you would be a friend who brings others along, that you would have faith for others, faith that causes you to pray for others, 
to intercede for others. Listen, I want to remind everyone, just like these friends who carried their friend to Jesus, that's what a community of believers does. That's what small groups do. We are people that care for one another. Small groups encourage and they pray for and they bring others along with them. We all need community. We need spiritual community. We need small groups, people, relationship with those that are going to encourage us and pray for us and, and bring us along and, and care for us. If you're not in a small group, I want to encourage you to get in one. If you don't know what connection group to get involved with, scan the QR code. It will pop up a link and the link will give you information about connection groups and you can choose which connection group fits you best. We all need small groups. We all need this community. I just want to encourage you again and again. I say it all the time. I say it every week. We need each other. We need spiritual community. For those of you that give to the Quest Up, we just want to say thank you. We recognize your sacrifice in giving to God as you give to the church. And we just want to say thank you for that. We don't take that for granted. And we appreciate it so much. And I know that God honors you and that God blesses you for your sacrifice. Listen, if you have any needs in your life, you need someone to pray with you, scan the QR code. It will allow you to fill out a prayer request where we can get other people to be praying for what's going on in your life. We would love to do that. If you need us and you want to connect with us, scan the QR code and make that connection. You can call the office or email me, whatever means best fits you. We just want to make that connection with you if that's something that you need and want. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Thank you for making us a part of your day. We hope that you have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.